I'm not sponsored correct this evening, but I brought a couple of delicious looking beverages from local breweries in New Orleans, and I thought I'd share with them to mm. our listeners. Uh, one is from Nola Brewing, and is the Two for the Sages, a uh, Goza Ale with blackberries and sage. I'm drinking this um, because I'm with you guys. You guys are two cycling podcast sages. No, I uh, thought you were going to... Who's the, thought I was I was say, who's the, the blackberry and oh, who's yeah. the sage? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm on my phone. Remember the old blackberry? Uh, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. blackberry phone. Two yeah. for the sages. Okay. Uh, the second one... You've got the, the label on this one hidden, Bodie. The second one, and the one that I just cracked open and spilled mm. all over my computer, my brand new laptop, is from Second Line Brewing, and it is the... It's a sour wheat ale with guava and red currant, and it is the Yayu Ripe. Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 92 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone, and I've got a nickname for Walt Van Aert. Ooh, me too. Ooh, okay. Well, let's, can we wait on that? Yes. I'll introduce myself and say, this is Sachirio, and I am Sponsor Correct, drinking a Urban South Holy Roller. You also are wearing an Urban South Brewery uh, t-shirt. That's right. I am. I am completely Sponsor Correct. Um, so speaking of sponsors, no segue there. <laughs> okay. I was going to think of something really fast on the fly. I thought you were going to thank our sponsors from the PBSS race I series. I do definitely want to thank all of our sponsors from the PBS, uh, PBSS race series, which finished up last week, but we're going to get into that later. I want to get right away to the humdinger of a tour that is this year, um, it's been amazing to watch. Uh, I feel like this has been the most exciting one in years, and I want to say it's probably been the most exciting one that I've watched since 2011, which I mentioned was earlier. Uh, that was my the first uh, tour I ever watched and paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, Your maiden voyage, so to speak. Maiden voyage. Uh, one of the reasons being that we have... An unlikely rider, unlikely, I say in finger quotes, kind of a long shot, uh, if you were to ask the odd makers at the beginning of the tour, still in yellow after 15 stages. Yep. Um, kind of reminds me, and this has been brought up before on other podcasts, but uh, it's I bring it up because, like I said, it's the first one I watched. is 2011 when Tommy Vokler, another Frenchman, uh, held the yellow jersey for a while. Um, someone who wasn't a pure climber, uh, kind of bit of an all-rounder maybe um but not someone who would dominate in the mountains and uh and, and a, sen- a sentimental favorite both being french in yeah. front of the french crowd but also yeah. being tommy volkler and being a cyclist or a rider that that people generally really admired and loved you, seeing in yellow and they both pull a lot of faces they do they both i was is that is that a requirement to be a french rider uh that you need to pull a lot of faces and i mean you know, Tommy Vokler was pretty famous for his tongue. Um, we see a lot of tongue wagging from Philippe. Oh, yeah. We also see a lot of uh, bike yoga. Uh, Philippe is often mm-hmm. stretching, and we see this sometimes, you know, we see it in the, 
when he's getting ready for a big sprint uh, at a classic or he's getting his body, you know, he's shaking the legs out. He's uh, taking his hands off the bars and, you know, stretching his back and, and getting getting ready. Huh? Yep. What do you guys think about his double elbow flick when he's about to stand up? I think that's a classy move. I've started adopting that one myself in the Peloton. The double elbow flick. Can you demonstrate yeah. that for us? Uh, sure. Uh, in, he has in, his, he in has the form his, of audio. His arms uh, on the bars. Yeah. And at the same time, as if he's flicking a rider through, uh, like you would do with one elbow, he does it with both elbows at the same time. So a bit of a, a, a chicken wing sort of flicks both of his elbows out oh. right before he stands up. The sparrow is about to take flight. That's right. That's well, it, actually, it's it's yeah, right, exactly. Except mm-hmm. it's not it's not meant to suggest that he's about to launch a move. Uh, it meant just meant to suggest that he's about to stand up out of his saddle. So it's funny you brought that up because I have noticed before, and actually it wasn't in the tour, but uh, it was on a ride with uh, Mr. Sam LeBlanc on the Best Friends Fondo when we spent a lot of time running bikes together. Mm-hmm. He did the double flick and stood up, and the first time it happened, I said, did I just did I actually see that? Or did I just imagine that he flicked both his arms and then stood up? did it again and i was like oh that's pretty cool and i kind of forgotten about it until you just brought it up and so, is that to indicate to the riders behind him that he's about to stand yeah, about yeah. To stand. is that what it is instead of saying standing yeah you just double flick and or some stand. people point to the sky point their point one finger in the air real quick sort well, of like you would do at a traffic sense, light taking your hands yeah i'm always a fan of not taking your hands at the bar if agreed you need to. agreed yeah. um so well it's uh, like you know it's like the other thing like the the elbow flick i mean i didn't know about the standing one I always knew about the, the the flick of the elbow to to signal another rider to come through, and but I never noticed until I moved here um, that people like to smack their ass to get somebody to come through. And what yeah. is that all about? I don't know. Like they're tapping themselves out. I think is the I, theory behind that. It Seems like a triathlete thing. I well, I don't want you know. I don't want to cast any kind of aspersions, uh, but uh, it it just seemed odd, and I don't like it. I'll be the first to say I don't like it because I think anything that requires you to take their hands off the bars to tell people something is not is not a great thing. Yeah, why 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 smack your ass when you can just flick your elbow and, and move to the side and be way more cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um the tour, guys, how are you feeling now? We are going to start stage today is a rest day while we're recording. Tomorrow is uh, stage 16. Yep. We just did two or was it three stages in the Pyrenees? this weekend uh, two big ones two stages in the time trial in the time trial yeah, yeah. so how how are you guys feeling uh right now well i i don't know i don't know you know sort of where to start uh let's see we've had uh we've had alaphilippe in in yellow all but four days of the 15 is that right yeah so only one day uh, we had uh, Chaconi had it for more than a day, I think, but all, mm. um, and then also maybe two days at the most. Tunison or Tunison had it for two days. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Alaphilippe, obviously the story of the race so far. Um, I have to say though, and I messaged you guys this thought the day after the first big Pyrenean stage, where he actually he had just gained time mm-hmm. on everybody. Yeah. Just rode out of his skin that day yeah. almost won the stage Thibaut Pino won the stage but he yep. finished six minutes behind Thibaut in second place six seconds six seconds, six seconds I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry yeah obviously uh, uh, and just really looked to have it that day and that was a, I think that would have been the stage when everyone would have thought wow 
this guy looks like he could win the Tour de France. Okay, he, he just finished gaining time on his rivals. He's he's well ahead, wearing yellow, proven. It was on the top of the Tourmalet. I mean, he climbed the Tourmalet yeah. with the best of the best. And, and dropped a few and of them. And distanced and dropped a few of them. Yeah. In his post-race interview on that day, after that stage, he did not sound to me like a rider that thought he was going to win the Tour de France. And I don't think it was him being humble. I think it was him being ultimately realistic. Yeah. I don't think that Alaphilippe can hold the lead that he's got and continue to climb the way that he's climbed into the big mountains. And I think he knows it. And I think you hear from him things like, Another day in yellow is a great day. I'm proud to still have this jersey on my back for one more day. He's not, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I actually think it's it's refreshing to hear someone speak frankly. And frankly speaking, I don't think that he can do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he can do it either. And I think he's also, he's setting expectations, not just for himself, but I think for the for the French people who are just gonna, going crazy for him. But they've got somebody else to cheer for now as well. I mean, at the end of it all, if if, if Alaphilippe and Thibaut Pinot are high-fiving each other, I mean, imagine if Thibaut Pinot can can find a way to, to, to win this tour and Alaphilippe could wind up on the on the podium with him as well after after all of this. I mean, that, that would be that would be a, a, a scene. Uh, and I have to say, my money of, of between the two of them and I'm not sure it's on either one of them at this point, but of the two of them, my money would certainly be on Thibaut Pino. The last week certainly has established himself as the strongest rider right now. And guys, keep in mind, he lost. He's down by a minute 50 yeah. uh, on Alaphilippe. And he lost a minute 40 when yep. he got caught in the crosswind split on stage eight or whenever, seven or eight, whenever it was. Right. So... The reality is, if you if you back that out of it, which obviously you can't. I mean, that was a mistake. He's paying for it right now. But but all thing other things considered, he's right there with everybody yes. and riding better than anybody right now. Well, and and if you I don't do you, do you look back at the footage of that that crosswind stage, uh, which Wout wow, Van Aert won the stage. Yeah. All right. Because I mean, there weren't that many. Well, there were still some strong sprinters in there, but everybody had been. Everybody was pretty. I mean, they'd been driving hard in that. The moment EF were on the front, were the ones initiating that that split in the in in the in the bunch, and the bunch got ended up getting broken up into like three groups in the end. But they initiated the split, and then them and FDJ made the mistake of going the wrong way round a roundabout. There was a much shorter route because it kind of like veered off to the right. They went round the wrong side of the roundabout, right when Ineos and De Koenig Quickstep just put the hammer down, and they got dropped. That mo- that was it. Would, that and was all it how, took. Yeah, that's how easy it is, and that's how how quickly your your, your possibly tour hopes can be dashed. But uh, as you said, uh, T Bone T Bow uh, is fairly close. He's coming back. We're still going to have Alaphilippe likely in yellow the next two stages, though. Yes, flat, uh, we've sort got, of transitional flat, stages. And he's still Sprint got a minute stage and a half, tomorrow. Right? Uh, on the next, the stage after that though has a climb in it, but doesn't finish. I think it actually has a fairly big climb, um, so could be interesting. I don't know what the statistics are 
Exactly, but there have been there's been one HC climb, and I think two or maybe three Cat One climbs so far in yeah. the entire race. We've had in the yeah. Pyrenees. There are seven Cat One climbs and two HC climbs yet to come. That's a pretty big difference in profile. And and the Tourmalet, you know, he did he rode really well on the Tourmalet. Uh, nobody everybody waited till that climb and it's a steady gradient it's seven and it ramps up to about nine percent it's a long climb but it's kind of a steady measured effort it goes up to 2100 meters which isn't super high there's a climb coming up this weekend which is 2700 meters and that's that's a lot further up so i don't think i don't think he can i don't think he can hang i don't think he's going to be on the podium I'd be surprised hmm. if he could hang on for the podium. It, you know, it, it's one of those things. I mean, you look at last year, you look at Adam Yates cracking, Simon Yates cracking. I'm just confused. Simon Yates, Yates brothers. Cracked. cracking at the Giro last Simon year. Simon Yates cracking at the Giro last year. Yeah. A true climber, someone who is a GC contender, can climb with the best in the world when he's climbing on form has a bad day and just completely comes unwound. I mean, I just feel like I think that 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 sort of I mean, it's very similar to how Alaphilippe is kind of riding where and that in the Giro Simon went for some early some some there's some earlier puncher stages. Yep. He attacked, he was going for bonus seconds, he was getting small bits here and there. Yep. Um riding every day like almost like a one-day race and we've seen this year, I mean, talk about why maybe this race is so exciting is, is the parkour has been pretty great. We've had very classic-y stages. We've had some climbing early on. I mean, I think the team time trial kind of kind of mixed things up a little bit. And we've seen Alaphilippe, like, you know, not riding, like, you know, conserving and sitting in the group, but, like, attacking and really going for it. And yeah. he, he might pay for that. He would probably pay for it anyway. But, I mean... We could see like the Giro, uh, another GC rider coming up big uh, in the last few days. Yeah, and we've already—I mean, we've seen him pay. We saw him pay yesterday, uh, a much harder. What ended up being a much harder stage, not as high, but more mountains, um, big break going off the front, fierce pace the whole the whole day, um, like a ridiculous pace. I think the first the first hour was fifty kilometers an hour. You know, it's like thirty, you know, thirty miles an hour for the first hour. And then there's still however many, four hours, you know, it's another four hours to go or whatever. I think it's a huge, huge boom for for uh, uh, for cycling um, to have a guy like Alaphilippe doing so well in the tour yep. uh, as a Frenchman. I mean, you, you, you talk about someone who wears the yellow jersey and represents the sport of cycling in a way that's, you know, positively more electric than some of the guys that we've had wearing it and, and winning it in recent years. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the, the you know, Mr. Personality himself, Chris Froome. Um, <laughs> it's so nice to see Alaphilippe in yellow and Sagan in green and see the sort of backstage high five and back slapping right. going on between these guys. I think it's well, really also- great for cycling. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, if you look back, remember that picture of Kwiatkowski in the middle and Sagan on the left tilting over to one side and Alaphilippe on the other, t- at Milan-San Remo. You wouldn't get a Chris Froome 
Alaphilippe won Milan San Remo. Yeah. You know, he's somebody, and there's no reason, I don't think, that in the next few years he can't win the Tour de France. He'd have to make choices, right? Right. I think he's going to have to make, he'd have to make some choices, but he's a rider that's so versatile, there's no reason. If if Garrett Thomas can win the Tour de France, then it I think seems, Julian Alaphilippe can win the Tour yeah, de France. Yeah, it seems like he could do that. I mean, he won the time trial. I mean, yeah. we didn't even talk about it on stage, stage 13. That was... A stage we thought that you know uh, Garen Thomas would come really come to the fore and and Alaphilippe took time from Thomas uh, in that time trial so yeah that's another another reason why this why this tour has been uh, so entertaining and one of the big uh, stars I think of the tour unfortunately no longer in the tour has been uh, Wout Van Aert uh, we've been stoked about him I called him to be yellow after stage three and he never did it but. Uh, we didn't talk about this last time because it didn't happen, but Wout won a stage of the tour. Yeah. Uh, Wout has got there first uh, and beat MVDP and a stage win in Le Tour. So that's pretty awesome. Um, it, it is, unfortunately. You know, uh, and we could, we've talked to, I don't know, have we talked about this on the podcast? The uh, You posted about it, Bodie, the danger of time trial bikes. And, and sure enough, you know, here you go. You have... <laughs> Well, mm. taking yeah. himself out and sending himself to the hospital. Um, That's true, and he was leading it. Like he was leading at all those beginning time checks. Um, he might have won that time trial. I think he was still a little behind Thomas again at some points, wasn't he? But anyway, yeah, he was doing very well in that time trial. Yeah, and it's, then froomed himself out. Well, it sounds like he not, not he, exactly froom, but here, here's my hot take. He was treating it like a cyclocross corner. And sometimes you can rub the tape or you can take it to the tape or take it to the barrier during cyclocross. But when you're in a TT bike and you're probably going 30 miles an hour, uh, you hit that bar and you uh, you crash pretty hard. Um, so, yeah. Bad news, yeah. So he had to have surgery. And the, the bad news is it looks like he is out for road worlds. Is probably not, that's probably, he's not going to have enough time to get back up to shape for road wheels, but you never know. That so con- conspiracy theory, he crashed himself out so he wouldn't have to race and get beat by MVDP well, in road yeah. worlds. Well, <laughs> yeah. I thought I saw that that it wasn't as bad as they thought, that it was that no like ligaments or bones are broken. There's just... no broken bones, but it's still, he was in surgery for an hour for a gash on his leg, so I'm sure it wasn't All right. nice. Well, um, so speaking of WoW, we've been, we've been saying we need a nickname mm. for WoW Van Art. Yeah. And our listeners have not, obliged us <laughs> at all all a hundred and odd of you who listen every week thank you but none of you wanted to give us a nickname so Townsend you said you had a nickname what do you got well instead of just giving you the nickname I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna right. talk about it for just a second and then maybe I'll let you guys take a couple guesses at what it might be and and it's not particularly thrilling because Walt Van Aert uh, though he's a champion multi-time world champion in cyclocross, won a stage at the Tour de France. He's not a glitzy or a glamorous sort of rider. He's a very utilitarian rider. He's workmanlike. He's hardworking, hardworking. He's he's tough. Um, And he also has the capability, though, to bury people. To bury not just himself, but to bury others under the weight of his greatness. Okay. And so my nickname for Wout Van Aert, as a very workmanlike, utilitarian, 
not particularly glamorous, but still capable of burying a motherfucker. The shovel? The <laughs> shovel of Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't believe I guessed that. That's actually not that's not bad. The shovel. I thought it was going to be like the Undertaker or something. Yeah, <laughs> the, the steamroller. Um, the, the shovel of Flanders. I, it has a nice ring to it. I'm, I'm into it. Uh, it's slightly better than my nickname, which I uh, just came up with uh, tonight. Um, but I, I will say that I this nickname is because he is... Uh, while Van Art is multifaceted and he, he he's shown that he can win in uh, most any ar- arena, so he's the Belgian Bonanza. I like that. Belgian Bonanza. I don't know. The shovel and the Belgian Bonanza. All right. Well, I, I, I like both of them. Uh, but listeners, come on. Do you have something that's better than the shovel, better than the Belgian Bonanza? Please. You know what? No, what we should do is I will post a photo that mm. I've taken of yet of Wout Van Art. I'll post it on our Instagram story. And we'll do a poll. Okay. The Shovel of Flanders or the Belgian Bonanza. And we'll report back next week. Sounds great. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, unfortunately, Wout's out. Um, do we want to talk a little bit, bit about some of the other... Well, we've, we, it's not just Thibaut Pino and it's not just Julian Alphilippe. There's also well, a bunch I- of other people eligible to win this tour. Yeah, let me just say, I mean, I, uh, I'll, I'll take that and I'll run with it. I was going to make this point earlier. Somebody quietly just doing his work sticking right in there doing what he needs to do Egan Bernal right there looking mm-hmm. good not you know not losing time gaining time gaining time when he needs it yeah. you know wrote it wrote a decent TT to keep himself losing a in little the bit mix. of time lost yeah, a bit in the TT but he made it a little bit in the TT the, but he's two days after yeah he's, he gained time back on his teammate uh He's, uh, you know, I think he's, I think he's sitting in, in, in a good spot. So he's sitting fifth overall. He's at two oh two back. Uh, his teammate Thomas is a minute thirty five back from Alaphilippe. Yeah. Um. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um. There was some interesting dynamics on stage fifteen, was it, where you know Bernal was with Pino, or maybe that was stage fourteen, uh, and Thomas didn't go, but at some point Thomas mm-hmm. did have to go and. We'll see how they play that. I'm still all in um, on Bernal winning this tour. Um, that's I called it early, and I'm I'm going to stick with that. I'm not switching guns. Um, well, I think he's the for the high altitude coming up. He's yeah, definitely. I think him and Pino are the most qualified of the of of everybody that we know. Pino's a phenomenal climber. Stefan Kreustwig, yeah, sitting in third place in, in third place the overall. In uh, you know, I mean. Kind of a little bit of a mystery man. I mean, I don't know that that t- Team Jumbo Visma uh, came into this tour thinking that that you know he had a chance to win it, mm-hmm. uh, but here he is. Well, they've had successful tours so far. He's doing well. I mean, they've had a phenomenal tour so yeah, far. Yeah, Wouts won a stage. They won the Team TT. They won they, the first stage. They won the first stage in Tunisian. I mean, yeah. obviously, Gronewagen's going to win tomorrow and on the Champs Elysees, according to my team. Yeah. Um, let's. Well, you've also pointed this out. Uh, speaking about people who are kind of riding under the radar, Emmanuel Bookman. Yeah. Who I admittedly get confused with Max Schachman. There's this like consonant vowel, Schachman. Yeah. Um, and Pascal he, Ackerman. And Ackerman. <laughs> pretty much everybody on Bora Hansgrohe who isn't Sagan. What? Sagan. We should just call him Sagerman. <laughs> anyway, so Bookman uh, riding to a sixth place. I mean, like, look, 
if you look at the GC standings, if you one dis- through six are all in it. Yeah, yeah. you you go Thomas at a minute thirty five, down to Bookman at two fourteen. So that's twenty five seconds. That's thirty nine seconds between second and, and sixth. sixth. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so close. It's close, uh, and we're obviously counting out. We're thinking Al Philippe is going to be out of it. Uh, so yeah, we have a we have some fun stages coming up. We've got six more stages. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a cracker. I'm excited to see. I'm I'm ex- I kind of actually want to get past these transitional stages and uh, just get, straight back to the mountains. Get right back to the mountains. Yeah. Um, no, I hear you. I mean, I don't know. Tomorrow's stage has a few lumps in it. I don't know if a break could get away. I mean, you never know. I could- think tomorrow is a sprint stage, full stop. I think the day after that, into Gap, uh, I think is a Cat 3. I think it could possibly be a breakaway stage, but um, maybe Thomas DeGent wants to try again. I mean, I mean, if you want to talk about like what's making this a vintage tour, that's one of the best stages I've ever seen. That, that Thomas DeGent win was just superb. Yeah, we've had, you know, we've had Thomas again had a win. Uh, Daryl Impey had a hell of a ride. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon Yates now had has two. two wins. Yep. Uh, kind of, so Mitchell and Scott is really salvaging their tour because Adam Yates is, is doing nothing. Um, I mean, I, I think it's still, the tour will still be a disappointment for them because they really wanted to be up on the podium. I think that, you know, and, and the fact that Adam Yates is not, they'd rather have a podium than three stage wins, let's put it that way. And they've made themselves into a GC team. Yep. Um, so the fact that they're, yeah, not there contending. And I, I don't know what it was last year, yesterday's stage, you saw Adam Yates just, just rolling in. Like, not even, like, trying to, like, it's done. Like, he's... Well, he's, he doesn't... I mean, he's, he's like, an hour or so down or something on he's GC. He's only 30 minutes down, but still, well, like, I mean, like, literally not even... It's, okay. Yeah, so well, speaking... The win's the win. That's all he's going speaking for. Speaking of going bust... And, and just rolling in, how about uh, two days ago, the scene with Roman Bardet surrounded by his AG2R teammates, oh. uh, literally surrounded by them with his head down, almost trying to come in incognito, just yeah, like, five minutes ahead of the time cut. Yeah, just, they were like basically his um, his minders like surrounding him so that you couldn't see his face. Yeah, uh, you know, boy, they've, they've been, a rough, been a rough tour for that entire team, but, yeah. but, but Bardet especially just... Well, it started badly... For them on the second day, they had a really poor. I think they were they, they, both them and Trek Segafredo had pretty poor time trials. EF Education first, you know, Iran sort of gone bust. I mean, I think he's still top ten, but he's top ten, maybe he's tenth. And yeah, he's, I think he's, he's around five 10. minutes out, five minutes he down. Got caught in the crosswinds, had a decent time trial, mm-hmm. um, had a very good time ha- trial. Hasn't done, didn't do so well in the climbing. He's at tenth place. Michael Woods uh, apparently riding with broken ribs now. Yeah. Um, so I tough for them. I'm thinking maybe, and I'm saying I'm thinking this is because I put Tony Gallopin on my team. Uh, is that maybe he can? Maybe someone on FDJ will go on the break and and can maybe AG2R. Sorry, AG2R uh, and win a stage. Well, Um, if you don't have any sprinters on your team, you should go with Tony Gallopin as your captain tomorrow. Wait, why? Because the because he's somebody who could get go get in the breakaway. Ah, I see. Well, I have yeah. Ronald Wagon. Ah, well, then go with him. So let's let's talk about a few other stories. Uh, I want to maybe briefly because we don't know all the details, but the the mysterious disappearance of Rohan Dennis mm. the day before the time trial stage. He's the current world champion time trialist. He would have been able to bring out the rainbow jersey. He gets off his bike in the middle of the stage and quits the race. Yeah, and we really 
don't have any definite details as of why. We've got some rumblings where people are piecing together ideas that maybe has something to do mm-hmm. with his bike or his actual actual kit. The like there was yeah skin did you, suit. I don't. Did you read the cycling tips article that came out today or yesterday? I think so. It was yeah. It was kind of interesting. I mean, he's notorious for being very demanding yeah. and difficult and having quite a temper on him. And uh, combine th- those things together. Yeah, there were rumblings. Combine about- those with a with a, uh, a, a disturbing chamois, and uh, <laughs> well, he's I guess got a recipe to- for trouble. Well, I guess the ha- I guess like that day or the day before or something, they delivered three new skin suits for him, and he was not happy with any of them. Who and- is their manufacturer of the kit? Um, who is Barry Morita? I'm not sure who that kit manufacturer, but I think he's had you know displeasure about the bike as well and yeah that's marita and that they're partnering now they've you know he gets time in the mclaren uh wind tunnel because that mclaren's now a partner in that company in 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 the team um rod ellingworth's coming over from who was sky's big you know big coach performance guy um so you know i think it seems like they've been trying to make an effort yeah, uh, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of you know not not a happy camp there going on. Not at all, and it's just, it's just so interesting that like nothing. Uh, they really, Byron Marita released a statement apparently from Rohan Dennis, and it didn't really it just said disappointed to to leave the tour. But there is no uh, idea or no really clear answer as to why, and I'm I'm just really curious like how. It see I guess I guess if you were I mean it seems like a very petulant act to be like. Okay, you're not going to give me what I want. Mm. I will say, I will, you know, cut off my nose to spite my face, you know, and leave the tour the day for the time trial. Well, remember, remember as well before he was signed to the world tour by Slipstream, you know, what is now EF Education First, and he left halfway. I don't know if it was his first season or second season. He was still under contract. He moved to BMC halfway through the season, you know, so mm. which is pretty unusual. Um, I think I remember. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there. I think there's a lot of stories that going, you know, within the peloton about about his um, demanding nature. Yeah. All right. Well, Sportful is there? Okay. Sportful, uh, kit yeah. Manufacturer, which is which is same as Castelli. Uh, it's like one of the biggest Italian mm-hmm. kit manufacturers. They're the same company. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, anybody want to talk about Landa? Landa gonna Landa. I mean, I think that's he is landing right now, right? It's like a. Uh, I tell you, I just, I in a way, I feel sort of, I, I, I don't know if it's that I feel sorry for him or, or not, but it's sort of just like he just needs to go to a team where they give him the opportunity or the option to it to to be a team leader. It just seems to me. Uh, I, you know, well, it's so. But then I don't know if he like wants to take on the mantle. Yeah, even. maybe he it's doesn't. Like, I mean, that 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 stage where he did well was such a bizarro stage. It's like there, movie stars on the front just drilling it for their for their protected air quotes protected rider Nairo Quintana, who's getting dropped. You know, as the rest of the team is drilling it on the front. Mm. You know, Landa and was Valverde still? It, oh yeah, up there. Yeah. Uh, and and so you know, Quintana gets dropped, and then suddenly it's like, okay, well, I guess you know, Landa will 
go for it. And it's right. like, I don't, that, you know, yes, it's a luxury to have a two-headed approach. Well, this whole, yeah. That, to me, was classic, you know, what the fuck kind of stage for them. I mean, what a what a weird sort of disastrous thing. And then Landa winds up end up gaining time, and now you know, and then he has a, a, a another great day the following day. Well, and and Quintana gains was, even more time. Quintana was up in the break in that in that one, and then Quintana's like fall at the break all break all the break breaks apart. The break falls apart, whatever. Quintana is getting dropped or whatever. Meanwhile, and then they had was it Amador or somebody else like came yeah. back. Came back for uh, for Landa. They drive. They were driving hard. Landa, then they're driving to try to catch the break that 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 right that he'd been dropped from. Landa pings off the front. It's like, oh, okay. Well, maybe Cantana's going to help Landa a bit now when he comes out to him. Landa just drive, rode straight past him. Didn't even look at him. Just goes right past him. And it's like there is not a lot of love in that team. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, Carapaz is leaving. Um, yes. going to Sky. Ineos. Sorry, Ineos, Skinnyos, as someone on Cycling Tip said. I don't think that Landa is a Grand Tour winner. I just don't think he has it. Uh, a, he's on a time trial. He can't time trial. And I don't yeah. think that he has the character to to do it. I think he's a stage hunter, could be possibly a good king of the mountain. I don't think he's that great of a domestique. I, I just... Do you know Do you know who's very similar to him in my in my mind? Mm. Mm. Wawa, yeah, he's Bar-Gil. like Warren Bargill. Yeah, he's he's like you know he's uh, it, it's all it's uh, he's very chick- much yeah he's he's like they're they're he's the he's the French and he's the Spanish uh, whimsical kind of just like slightly uh, dark little morose you know it just decides I'm I'm just going to stop and look at the flowers <laughs> on this stage I'm not really feeling it today, um, but yeah I don't know I mean I, he. But then he can be like super exciting to watch, and like yeah, the way the way he climbs in the drops is uh, is awesome. Man, so speaking of speaking of uh, Valverde sitting top ten, do you is think that's really? gonna last? Valverde, yeah. So Movistar's got two guys in the top ten, and you so far describe their tour as a disaster. <laughs> I mean, I think that Quintana is I, unfortunately Quintana. Oof. I well, mean, Quintana's going to be uh, Wawa's teammate. Is the right. story? He's <laughs> oh, going to Arkea uh, Samsic. Yeah, yeah the, he he's legit, and he's he's apparently bringing over a, a squad. So I'm curious what's going to happen. What's going to happen uh, at Movistar next year? Um, I actually kind of what I, what I like about pro cycling stats is it is it tells you the who's moved up and who's moved down a lot. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, Pino moved up two spots from the day before. Um, Mikel Landa moved up four. Um, one of the biggest losers uh, uh, dropping 16 spots to 26 was Enrique Mas. Yes, and that's another blow, I think, for Alaphilippe's chances is not yeah. having... He's, he's totally isolated now. He is. Whereas Pino, uh, FDJ, yeah, his FDJ... are crushing it. Sebastian Reichenbach and David Godu, that kid is uh, phenomenal. The, he was just like, the, you know, what he said on the... Uh, after the Tourmalet stage, he's like, um, he said, you know, he's what? He's he's super young. Is he only like twenty two or something? Something like that. 
And he said, I just want to hurt everybody. Wow. That was like, yeah, and he did. Well, he paid for it the next day because he came limping in, you know, pretty late. But he'd done a, <laughs> he'd done a lot of work for, for Pino early in that stage. Yes. Yeah. On the on stage 15. The penultimate mountain on yeah. that stage was, was he really drilled hard. He drilled yeah. it up that thing. He's what? in second place in the white jersey competition still, but the nine minutes back. Yeah, yeah but... A couple more things about just movers and shakers. Uh, Wout Poles moved up 19 spots uh, on stage 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, Simon Yates, they, winning the stage, moves him up 27 positions up to 52nd. I don't yeah. even know where his brother's at. Is he oh, beating his, his brother? His brother's way back, yeah. No, okay, his brother's 24th. Oh, is he still? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought that uh, it's Ineos, we're, everybody's like, we're still kind of, I don't know. People, I, I'm still not counting out uh, Garen Thomas. I don't know. Maybe it's all going to like, you know, maybe it's it's all backloaded this tour. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he's riding well, into... Yeah. Who and, knows? Well, well, we well, don't know anything. Well, let's move on to our last thing of the tour, our last yeah. agenda. Let's just call it out because we won't record until the tour is over. Who's going to win the tour? Mm-hmm. Matt. <sighs> That's not my pick for who's going to win. I'm saying you go first. <laughs> well, uh... For sentimental reasons, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say Garen Thomas is going to do it. That's okay, and if you want to give a podium, I, I, I'm okay. I'll take that as well. Nah, I'm, we're going to call the winner, right? Let's okay. call the winner. You're going to call the winner? You, so Matt is calling, yeah, I'm going to write this down. We're going to revisit this. Well, we're, you know we are recording it. At this I know, moment. but am I, I going to go back and yeah. listen again? So I, I have a hard time not picking either Garrett Thomas or Egan Bernal. Because the Alps is where the Sky Train gets its wheels, mm. or the Enios Train. Just Enios Train doesn't. What is it? Do it's trains the, have wheels? Of course they know. do. <laughs> what do you mean? What a tra- <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, they, I no, they move via linear induction. Well, we live I mean, in the future do you ever now. like think about wheels on a train? No, you think about the tracks. But yes, I understand. It's an axle. The wheels are the things that are on the, I guess on the, the tracks. I guess it's the wheels on the train go. So would it no, make sense? Would it, yeah. Would it make sense if I had said the Alps are where the Sky Train gets its tracks? <laughs> where, the, where, where the Sky Train gets on the tracks? Okay, gets on track. Gets that would have that would have been track. that would have yeah. been great. Okay. okay so that's right. what I'm trying to say. Okay. The Alps yep. are where the Enios train <laughs> hits the tracks. Catch or, the Skinnyos train. Well, the Ineos bus yeah. gets rolling. The, the Ineos bag. <laughs> the Jiffy bag gets dropped. Dropped Gets shipment. delivered. It's yeah. To the Alps are where the Jiffy bag gets delivered. Um, yes. All that by way of saying that my pick, and I who, who else could I pick with my nickname, yep. but the T-Bow, T-Bone Pino. Mm. All right, good yeah. pick. I think... I think I think he's an excellent pick. I honestly, I still, I'm, I'm picking Garen Thomas purely for sentimental reasons, but I think Pino and Bernal, I'm guessing Bodie's going to pick Bernal. Well, I mean, I, I think, I, yeah. I'm I think pick, he's already said that. Yeah, I'm, uh, Bodie picks Bernal. I mean, how do I not pick Bernal? I've called it from the beginning. I do think a Pino victory would be great. Um, I am a little bit scared that he's going to crack. Oh. I'm not scared he's going to crack. Actually, you know... Um, you know that it's uh, hundred degrees right now in uh, the co- on the Côte d'Azur. 
And he doesn't like in, the in heat. Nîmes, in Nîmes, where they're having the rest day today, it was the temperature was uh, 39 <sighs> degrees Celsius. And I had to look that up, and it says that's 100 Fahrenheit. And we know Thibaut does not like the heat. Uh, I, I'll give you a not-so-hot take. Matt, you picked Garrett Thomas. I picked Thibaut Pino. Bodie, you picked Dagan Bernal. My not-so-hot take, there's your podium. That, that that's is, a good take. Uh, is a good take. It's a good podium. Flip them around however you want. Christ Sorry, Christwig. Yeah. But. Okay, so one last thing. Who's going to win the King of the Mountains jersey? Because Wellen still has it, but Pino has rocketed himself up to second place. Mm. Um, Where's Bernal in that? Well, let me just pull that up real fast here. We'll go to the KOM. Uh, so we've got Wellens at 64, Pino at 50, Thomas DeGent at 37, Philippe at 33, and Julia Ciccone at 30, Simon mm-hmm. Yates at 29. So uh, Wellens and DeGent are apparently still going to try and, 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 and keep hold of that. They're going to go two-pronged approach, and maybe you know yeah. DeGent will suck up points so someone else can't get them. Um, but who are you guys pick for KOM in Paris? I'm going to probably go ahead and say Tim Wellens. I'm guessing that Pino probably will get some big points, some bigger points at the tops of some of the, the summit finishes, but I think there are enough Cat 1s along the way that he's probably not going to be going for mm. that, uh, that Wellens manages to eke it out. I'm going to say Pino gets it. I think Pino's gonna gonna win it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and, and well, I mean, you said Pino, so I I will say. I will say. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody else. I say Pino gets it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, okay, but look, I mean, I, I think the only way Pino gets it is if he he's gonna win a he has to win a couple of stages maybe. Yeah, but or he has to lose enough time in the first of the alp stages that he has that he's incentivized to to try to you know to and you know that is that is chances of the overall now i, I strike that because he's he's gonna have a chance at the overall podium and i don't think he'll overlook that i just don't see him going for all the early points and you really have to do that to get the king of the but mountains it's unusual to win both the king of the mountains and the remember and the double GC. points on an eight and on an hc finish i think you know what he got on the tourmalade was like he didn't really yeah, have I mean, anything he got all of his points on the tourmalade on that one climb exactly well, and the so day, and he the day could after. win another stage and he could have it yeah yeah okay all right so this is that's that's it for the tour right let's wrap yeah, it up that's it mm. not tour related but well, actually oh, peter sagan wins the green jersey <laughs> that's actually, my hot take hot. let's let's quickly go over to our fantasy league mm. um just to because uh right now we are all just being terrible at fantasy cycling uh, Hood Rats is crushing our league. Yeah, yes. Uh, Sagan in the wind in Do- second place, and Darnell in third. I know who one of those people is, but I'm not quite sure. Is Hood Rats? Is that Hood Rats is Sam LeBlanc? Okay. Sagan in the wind is JD White, friend of the pod. Ah. And then Darnell, I assume, is Darnell. Yes. Walton, PB, and J. Yeah. Um. So out of, out of us, you guys are are at sixth. Uh, Townsend, you're at sixth. Matt, you're at seventh, and I am I am in last place. So I did some studying and I did some work today. I'm hoping to to beat Fugle my Tang mm. to to climb out of the basement. Um. We'll see. Um. Tony Galpan for. <laughs> 
a mountain stage win. Uh, maybe Varghese will win a stage. So what you're trying to say is I, I'm winning the podcast. You are winning the podcast. Yes. You're slightly ahead of me right 66 now. 66 yeah. points ahead of Matt. So, yeah. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to hold on. Do you have any more transfers left? Yes, I do. Ooh. Well, I don't. I've, I'm all done. I used all mine <laughs> I'm all done. today. And I have no sprinter, so I've got nobody for Paris and nobody for tomorrow. Ooh. I gotta say, unless Rain Tarame is in the break and wins it, I'm pretty much screwed. <laughs> I actually like I like this format now that I've kind of figured it out. I'm excited to play it again next. I year. I like it too. I'm, I'm into it. I think I think it's not it's not terrible. Yeah. Uh, so. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, a pro cycling thing is that we got a sneak peek of the new Alex House kit. Uh, I posted that in the agenda. Mm. Um, Is that the full picture in the agenda? Nope. That's that's all they released on Twitter. Just a tiny little... And that, mean, that isn't just an illustration. It's not a photograph. So it's not, not actually showing you what the... What the an actual picture of the kit. It's just an no, illustration no. of what the kit's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical uh, top stars... Yeah, yeah, on a blue field, white stars on a blue field with the big EF Education First logo on the back, and then the bottom, the body piece, um, the vertical uh, red yeah. and white stripes. So classic, traditional, classic. So here's the thing, um, and I actually had had known about this, but uh, Bill Shiken pointed this out that there is actually a template for the jersey. For U.S. champs, oh, that so US... which uh, apparently Sunweb never got a hold of that template. Well, they they possibly somewhat followed the template. Yeah, I so think the template is basically it's got to be blue with white stars on the top, stars and, and the stripes are in the mm, bottom half. Yeah. Anyway, so it 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 looks very similar to Ruth Winder's. It's following that. I think it looks good. I mean, I'm in. I, I like it. Yeah. I, I think like it's it. better than the Trek one because the Trek one's broken apart by the Trek logo in the middle, if I remember. Whereas yes. this one just keeps the stars going up, the stars and the logo at the top and then straight down into the and, stripes. And, and interestingly, in the logo area, one of the things that I think they've done, which is very nice, that, that does make the logo pop a bit more is that they've gone tone on tone with the blue stars on the blue field in the logo area so that the white logo stands out. Oh. And it's white stars only on the shoulders and the sleeves. I didn't notice that. That is cool. What I like about this too is that because the EF uh, logo is like concentric circles, um, and yep. they have stars around it. It kind of gives this I, this solar system spacey mm, vibe does. to yeah. it. Yeah, looks and nice with the logo. I would have made the stars just a bit bigger. I like slightly bigger stars uh, because I think they I think they stand out a bit more when they're a little larger. I think I've made that point before, but that's my I would only like criticism. To, when I see this final jersey, see how many stars there actually are. I actually am curious now about the number of stars in national champ kits and if they keep to 50 or if they are... Mm-hmm. I think it would be difficult to do that with the variety of sizes that they're that they're made in. You yeah, know, I mean, in other words, for an extra small woman, um, just make the stars different sizes. Okay. Yeah, right. I like it. Um, bonus question for both of you. <laughs> okay. Uh, but d- bonus design question: Who designed the EF logo? Chip Kid. Close. <laughs> uh, similar number of letters in the name. I don't know. Paul Rand. Okay. King, king of uh, logo design. Uh, well, speaking of women, which we were just speaking of women and the, how you would fit the stars on an extra small woman's jersey, mm-hmm. uh, the Giro Rosa finished up 
Yes. I think that the the overall was probably a foregone conclusion at that point in time because yeah. going oh, yeah. into the last stage, um, we had uh, Annemiek Van Vluten just a, a big lead, almost five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, she did end up winning the overall. Uh, but on the final stage, Marianne Voss won her fourth stage of the Giro Rosa. She's yeah. done that once before when she won it in 2014, I think. But she won four stages. She didn't even finish on the overall podium. She lost a good bit of time on one of the I think she, stages. And I think she, pro- well, I think on that, um, that the two, those two stages that Anamik won, which was the, that mountain stage where she just bust away from everybody and then that time trial yeah. where she um, yeah, smashed it as well. But she had a, a just an amazing uh, victory on that, on that final stage. Uh, she's having a fantastic season. Um, I mean, if you factor in, if you factor in, you know, the, the end of the, the end of the cyclocross season this winter, January, February, she mm-hmm. won the, World Cup overall in cyclocross. Uh, she's had some big results, won four stages of the Giro Rosa, and just this weekend, won La Course. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, once again, I mean, you, you can just have an argument for the this, the greatest cycling, cyclist alive right now is Mariana Voss. I mean, she really just is dominating, and she won four of ten stages. I don't know if you just said that. Um, but... In, in the way she won those stages, the way she just came out sometimes out of nowhere um, and just like a bat of the hell, like uh, un, uns, unsuspecting <laughs> riders, uh, was pretty awesome to watch. And she's an exciting rider. And uh, I don't, I don't, was it the La Course or was it the last stage of the Giro Rosa where she took her sunglasses off? That was, that was this weekend in La Course. Yeah. I don't know what that was about, but. That photo was great because just like the amount, like the joy in her face, mm-hmm. just like you, she loves racing her bike. And it's just cool to see. So I don't know where I read this. It was probably just scrolling around through my Twitter feed or 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 somewhere. But it was remarking on Marianne Voss, and they were giving it a bit of a sort of a comeback vibe. I mean, she had a couple years where she. Um, she was she was injured did she injure she, herself or, or through, i think through over racing over training yeah she yeah. just basically blew herself out she just yeah. was been she sort of 2015 ish around on in a there. comeback vibe i mean it's for a couple yeah. years now i think so yeah so that was that was kind of the point of of, of what it was i was reading because obviously she was incredibly dominant in you know the 2007 8 9 10 11 12 around in that um then she she sort of blew up for a minute. Now she's obviously back, very strong. The the but the point of the the this article was what has happened with women's cycling and how much more competitive women's cycling is now when she's dominating mm-hmm. in her thirties. Yeah, than it was back when she was dominant before. And essentially, it was saying you know, almost weighting some of her more recent success even more highly than yeah, some of those right. incredible Palmaras she yeah. had back in the day. Because now she's racing against a crop of young women riders that are, you know, nothing against the women that she was racing against back, you know, back then. But I think most people would agree that the 
that the level of competition in women's cycling right now is mm. exceptionally keen yes. and and she's still she's still dominant in the same way that she was dominant in the past and yep. just you know what an amazing racer bike racer she is yeah uh absolutely and one would have to say under her current form she's got to be the favorite for for worlds with the type of parkour it is matt yeah. you know it it's in your it's yeah. in your home country yeah um in fact i'm gonna go out on a steaming take that the dutch win both men's and women's road and tt elite okay so you're saying boss wins the road yep uh van vluten wins, wins the, TT. the tt yep you're van saying van der Poel wins and then dumoulin dumoulin mm. yeah is that that that's who you had in mind? Yeah, all yeah. Dutch, all day, all well, everything. Yeah, um, I think so. We had the Giro Rosa, uh, and then we had La Course, which is ASO's. At some point, has been called the Women's Tour de France. It's it's this weird thing where it was one stage on the final stage. It was like a crit, and well, then it's they been had, like, as many as seven stages in the past, hasn't it? Well, that was this not, one, this La Course by La Course. Tour. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. used to be a Women's Tour de France back in the days of Jenny Longo would like win it pretty much every year. But, but so it so it it, it kind of like it was like three stages and it was like a weird like mountain time trial and then like a mm-hmm. and then a different time trial. It was a two day three stage format. Yeah, it's for a, a couple it's a years. it's a weird thing. And so this year it was during the men's time trial at Poe. Mm-hmm. Um, they essentially raced it with the men's time trial course. They did laps of it. Yep. Um, and so there is, you know, rumblings about the ASO is going to try and do some sort of like a, a actual, I don't know if they're calling a women's sort of France, but an actual event with actually, they're going to actually put some weight behind it and not just be this kind of like, right. What do you, what's the word? Just kind of like cast, token token. Yeah. Token race that really like, you know, I'm glad that they have this race and uh, it's probably a really great one day race, but really in what we've seen and this year with the coverage by Trex and Box is that the Giro Rosa is really in air quotes, the women's tour de France. Like that is the, the big women's stage race. Um, I would, I would argue that's not necessarily, I think with attendance and coverage in some ways, I think the women's tour in Britain is is in some ways a bigger event, but the Giro Rosa still has this kind of level of prestige about it. I think it's been going longer, but I don't think it's as well put together or really as quite as big. But I agree that in terms of production value, it doesn't seem as big. But the Ovo Energy Women's Tour is yeah. three stages. No, no, it's uh, seven or eight. Yeah, right. it's a full week. I think this year it was. I think this year it was six stages. And okay, maybe they're right, adding guess, one guess, for next oh, year. Oh, it's right. Boss crashed. I was looking at her results in yeah. only three. Anyway, okay. So part of my reason is, is to say that, like, I don't know that we need to have a women's tour de France. That is to say, like, the women, like, there is a big race, Giro Rosa. Okay, so you're right. Maybe it can't be as big as. Maybe there's something that. But like the idea that the women's racing doesn't have to exactly copy and or mirror the women's cycling because mm-hmm. there's a men's cycling because there's a lot of things about men's cycling that are not entertaining or that are not working like so the idea that it isn't the exact same thing that there can be another event that is as prestigious as the tour de france for men but it's not exactly the 
the, the same thing. I don't know. I mean, I think we have that tour of Norway thing coming up yep. next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've said, the Giro Rosa, the women's tour in Britain. So there are some options, and I just I don't like think we have to stick with the ASO per se and 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 France and like. But could, I think, but I think they're finally kind of getting the message that it's like they apparently they put a team together right that are, mm-hmm. that are looking at doing this and like looking at doing a women's stage race and i would hope that they don't do it at the same time as, as the tour so that was the point i was okay. going to make so yeah. the so the giro rosa is obviously you know it's it's the it's the class of the summer at least for this time of year right it just ended mm-hmm. so you don't you don't want to throw another women's stage race in a week after the Giro Rosa just ended, right? Because right? then it's then they yeah. then they're going to be competing right against each other, and and we have not yet gotten to the point in women's cycling where the women's world tour can have yeah competing no. races, right? Yeah. It's not like you you know the the, I mean, the, men's, the men's tour needs to get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's even a problem for the men, yeah. right? And 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 you know they have the kinds of the sizes of teams and the types of audiences where you can have yeah. you know a tour of California and the Giro going on at the same time and still anyway that that you, you guys get that point so this is not the right time i actually think that if the aso were to do something and really promote it and really do something interesting with a one-day event and i kind of like the idea of what they did this year like you say take the time trial course you know have a women's sort of classic style one-day race on that course i thought it was kind of a cool idea it it comes as a bit of an afterthought just the way it's done mm. so if you're going to do it at the same time i really feel like they need to do something better with the marketing of it but i agree that if they're going to do any sort of a stage race it needs to be at a different time of the year yeah and we and we saw that from you know uh so one of the journalists tweeted a selfie of himself at the front of the pr- women's press conference for Lecourse, horse and he was the only person in the room yeah, and I think that's in listening to some cycling podcast. Uh, there was some discussion about how the press conference is not as useful anymore, and that the that the, the journalists get a lot of stuff in the mix zone. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that the ASO uh, did a bad job of promoting the press conference and putting it at a bad time and not putting it in an area where journalists could be, because we heard from the journalists like Kaylee Fred said, like it was a half an hour walk from the from the time trial and it there was no email or notification so yeah it isn't still an afterthought and mm-hmm. there is improvements we can be made um yeah i mean you know going to the world cups uh it was really interesting that it, the press conferences are so uh underwhelming or small not attended that someone like me can get up there and ask marion voss like three questions right, right. so like that kind of shows you what a press conference is, especially in cyclocross. So, well, what, I wonder though if you went to a cyclocross press conference at uh, Namur, for example, it okay. would probably be a much bigger deal. Yeah, that's that's, that's a, actually an interesting point. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think um, so. We're still trying to solve the, still <laughs> trying to crack the problem of, of of women's cycling and what to do about it. We 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 tackle it in bits and pieces with with every podcast, and and I don't think that the three of us will ever come up with the answer. But I uh, say let women do it. Nice, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly mm-hmm. nice I to agree. see that. Certainly Lots nice of- to see though that the that the, the the problem is being 
thought about. I'm, ex- I'm I would say I'm excited. I it's been great to uh, the Juro Rosa coverage was great this year, and I, I finally it, it was presented in a way where it's easy to follow, mm-hmm. and that creates a compelling story that draws in viewers. Uh, you you know the riders, you become fans, you want to watch more women's cycling, and like all that stuff counts. So let's keep it going. To your point, Matt, about women women being the ones that decide it, obviously great point. And speaking of the 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 women's tour of Britain, or what is it what do they call it? The now? Ovo Energy Women's Tour. Um, there are, if I'm not mistaken, and I think I've heard them interviewed on podcasts, there's at least one woman who's fairly prominently involved in the promotion of that race, and I don't remember hmm. who it is, but um, I I think to your point that that is one of the things that the Ovo Tour of Britain has gotten right. Yeah. Guys, well, we uh, we are going long. We got some, a lot of stuff to get into. And so let's come back to the States and talk about America's best form of uh, bicycle racing, which is crits. Um, the USA crit series has had two races since we've last recorded. Mm. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that the Gay Ride podcast is the only podcast who's talking about USA crits. American street track racing. Uh, the first stop that uh, was Boise Twilight, which we missed. Um, we, we didn't. We didn't talk about that on the last episode. We didn't. No, we no. recorded before Boise happened. So I'm just gonna say, let me just jump right into that one. Okay. If, if I think you can still watch a replay of that on Flow Bikes, you I'm can. sure you can. Uh, if you guys are listening to this, you should go watch the last. Uh, 20 or 20 or so minutes of that of that crit we should watch the whole thing if you want to uh and watch the legion of la uh set up and lead out justin williams for the win in that criterium it was an absolute work of art um at it it had shades of hdc htc high road back in the day when they were setting up mark cavendish in the in the world tour just literally got on the front lined it up mm-hmm. a perfect one two three four five justin williams sat on the front drilled it for the last what six seven eight laps of that race just keeping the pace so high that no one could come around him yeah. perfect lead out um it was pro af and played to perfection justin williams winning that race easily yeah uh, not much more to say there. Our uh, our pal Tom Gibbons uh, came in tenth. Didn't have a great race, but mm-hmm. uh, he did sneak up to the train. Um, he was out the back, and within the lap, he got to the front of the train and got the like five to go points sprint. Yeah, he got he got mm-hmm. all the mid race point sprints. <laughs> he was to, you know when he wanted to go to the front to get the points, he was going to the front yeah. to get the points. Um I wanted to say so the the winner of the women's race was Jennifer Valenti for Show Air 2020. She's apparently won 3 years in a row. This year, uh, her teammate Chloe Digart uh put in a bunch of work and a bunch of attacks mm-hmm. that pretty much set her up uh to take that win. Um I think I, I'm just kind of shocked. This is a woman I we don't see a lot of in the other crit races, but has yet uh, cracked the code to win Boise Twilight three years in a row. Yeah. Um, if we and so this weekend was Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City uh, mm-hmm. Criterium, and I only got to watch a little bit of that. I uh, did not get to watch it at all, so I rely entirely on. <laughs> 
your limited recollection. <laughs> Seemed like a very interesting course. Um, I saw that Harriet Owen won the women's race. That's right. I don't know uh, much else about how that race played out, but I wanted to say regarding the um, course. Oh, but also um, Lauren Dodge of Automatic Racing was, uh, I believe, fourth in that race, if I'm not wrong. Am I wrong? You're wrong. You are oh. wrong. She won the two, three, four race. So she yeah. was fourth overall, but won the. No, she won the race overall. So Lauren of Automatic Racing won the two, three, four race. Then she also lined up in the Pro One race. Oh, well, what she was... won a race midweek. Okay. But what was she fourth in then? There was some, she was on a, another podium, and she was on the podium for fourth place. Oh, maybe that was the midweek race. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Matt is up. checking. I want to look this one uh, up. I'm looking at the results for Salt Lake right now. I can tell you that Harriet Owen won, Emma Blast got second, and Starla Tedegreen got third. I want to give a special shout-out to Jolene Holland-Neve out of Austin, Texas, riding for Colavita Bietti. She is slowly being creeping up. She's got a 10th. She got a 9th in Boise. She got an 8th in Salt Lake. Um, someone I met and kind of know via the internet. I think I met her at CX Nats in Boulder in 2014. But it's been fun to follow her career. And she joined Colavita, I think, last year and now is on the team and just riding super strong. So congratulations, Jolene. Um, pretty awesome. I think uh, so. If we go to the overall standings of USA Crits. Oh, well, let's talk about the men's race in Salt Lake City. Uh, I got I watched it the last three or four laps, and I saw Tom Gibbons uh, go early with like two laps to go, and I was like, okay, is he trying to catch the uh, Legion train off guard? Is he uh, just trying to like make a move and, and get it done? He's, he's, he, he knows how to come into corners fast and, and get to the line. Uh, sounds like he made a deal with Ty Magner. Uh, the tie was going to sweep his wheel, uh, and then Tom would go early, and Ty could follow his wheel uh, to sprint. Said the tie told him to go a little too early, um, but he ended up getting fifth and extending his lead in the USA crits overall. Uh, it's Tom Gibbons, Cade Bickmore of Volo, and Justin Williams wins that race. Ty Magner gets third, and his brother Corey gets third. With that win, Justin Williams is now in third place in the overall, but he's still about 400 points behind Tom. So our friend Tom is holding on to that overall leadership pretty so, good. So now was Tom? did Tom make this deal with, with Ty Magner because he was trying to take points away from Justin Williams, or he just was... Or, or keep Justin from from getting the big points by winning, or was he just broing up with with Ty? I mean, I didn't get that from him, but if I would say that Justin has been dominating and the Legion train has really been kind of making that happen, that I think you kind of got to try, got to try something, got to try something, uh, yeah. try something new. And uh, so it sounds like he went a little too early, but uh, turned around the next day and uh, won another local crit in some giant parking lot uh out sprinting a cliff bar racer yeah it's nice to see that uh it's nice to see guys like tom who are who are i mean i i, I think of the guy as a as, you know i mean he's a he's a cat one cyclist obviously but he's he's a you know it's, it's not just a regular joe lambra racer like you and i it's nice to see that they 
race crits and parking lots as well. <laughs> it was a pretty, it was a really big parking lot, yeah. and it was a pretty interesting course they carved out. It was a really pro copy yeah. parking lot. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was kind of a world tour only, parking there lot. There were only only pro cars. Can it park was there. probably the parking lot for whatever basketball team, the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. They're still called Utah Jazz? Yep, they are. Okay. Yeah. I believe that's a New Orleans Delta Jazz? Airlines Arena. Delta Delta Arena. Mm-hmm. But let's go the to Delta the Delta Center. I want to talk about the women's overall standings. Uh, Starla Tedegreen of Hagensburg Superman holding on to her first place. We have Emma Bast of Levine Law Group uh, in second, and Natalia Franco Viegas uh, from Colavita Bietti Pro Cycling in third third place she's also leading the uh u25 uh, harry owen is really close to Nat- natalia so she mm-hmm. might be uh coming for we've got three more races left in the uh, series yeah we got next san one rafael. san rafael yeah san rafael right uh-huh big shout out to uh my friend uh mike charlton who'll be racing that in the masters uh he has been previously oh, nice. california masters champion uh, who I met by sheer accident just riding around New Orleans. And real quick before we leave USA Crits, uh, we talked about Boise, but we, what we didn't talk about was local Lambda racer Stephanie Smith. That's right. Was in that race, racing as a guest rider for the Amy D Foundation. We got to see her. She spent a bunch of time toward the front of the race um, early on and snagged a big preem. Yeah, her team was uh, snagging up all the preems in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so that was super great. We uh, it was great to see her and um, shout out shout out to her. Didn't didn't end up finishing super well overall, but nice to see her um, showing her front. face yeah. and on the front. Yeah. Also in that race, uh, we saw Lauren Dodge of Automatic go for the first lap preem and oh, man. almost got it and got pipped by an Amy D rider, I believe. Yeah, mm. yeah she, uh. she had a huge, huge gap. I, I don't know. Maybe she was just running out of gas because you know she really she she had a huge, huge gap. But when she had uh, that front row call up. I mean, she did a yeah. cross start and just yeah. went after. I mean, I think the plan was to go for that preem. Right. Make a little gas money. Felt felt terrible Ugh. for her right there. But thank you, Dodge, for entertaining us on that first lap attack. We yeah, enjoyed that. Was that. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, USA Crits. Uh, three more races coming up. Man, guys, I really want to go to one more race, and I think the only I think I only race I can go to is the Littleton. So you know, anybody, you guys want to fly out to uh, Colorado, Colorado, Colorado? For the weekend? Love to. A couple days. Let's do it. When is it? August third. Can't do it. No, I'm gonna, be in, my I'm gonna be in Bend, Oregon. It was oh. actually I would actually have been in Florida getting surgery, but I'm postponing that unfortunately. Um, moment, okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of crit racing, uh, we just finished up our little crit series down here as well. Yep. And uh, it was fantastic. We came back strong after a week that we had to take off because of some weather and some flooding. I guess we haven't podcasted since the fake hurricane, we have we? We have. We we podcasted before the fake hurricane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And th- uh, this was more real. The, the, that day was more real than the actual yeah. hurricane days. Yep. So we, we we canceled it. We came back strong. We had a great final uh, race weekend. We gave out a ton of prizes from uh, Massey's Professional Outfitters, uh, and and a ton of money uh, to racers, courtesy of uh, Porsche of New Orleans Bike Law. Had a ton of beer to drink, courtesy of Urban South Brewery, mm-hmm. and. 
lots a lot of, of chamois butter to yeah. spread around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, courtesy of uh, of chamois butter, and in multiple styles too. There yeah. was the the, yeah. the classic. There was the hers and the uh, euro, euro style. style. Yeah. So many thanks to chamois butter for sending us all those sample packets that we were able to give out. Oh mm. uh, yeah, I just I just want to once again, Massey's. Thank you so much for your support uh, with the prizes we were sending folks out with. Tons of swag. Did you see somebody commented? You got a couple great photos of people like walking off with just tons of gear, like coolers and camp chairs and all kinds of shit. And somebody posted, you know, looks like so and so is going away to summer camp. Yep, it yeah, was awesome. like first day of school or something. Like that. Oh, yeah. Gavin Blair is who yeah. it was. He, had, you know, he also is a young, fresh-faced looking kid. He kind of looked like he was off to, you know, camp Kikiwaka. And we had we had Taco Cat, a food truck out there, so yeah. slanging some good tacos. Uh, it was a good, it was a good uh, day to finish the series. We had beautiful uh, sunset. We had a little threat of rain. Uh, Sprinkled came, a little, just a touch. But then it didn't quite, you know, kind of yep. blew away. Um, but it left a nice rainbow in its wake, though. It did. Get some good rainbow yeah, shots. Yeah, that was fun. Um, so we had some good racing. We had Taylor Gorman once again win the Women's Open, took home that jersey, won the series overall. Uh, Meg Moore came in second, and Lisa Hauser in third. Mm-hmm. Uh, big battle, though. Um, big interesting race was in the uh, one, two, three, four race, the Porsche New Orleans uh, final race of the day. Yeah, in which we had one point separating first, second, and third. Uh, Dan Swan, Dustin Drews, and Jaden Kiefer. So we weren't really sure what was going to happen. Uh, we were kind of talking about what kind of tactics 4D was going to play. You mm. know, Dan Swan had his teammates in Metrax Racing. Uh, Gavin Blair had uh, was 4D but had been racing in the 345 all series, so he comes into the race a little bit tired. Jaden wasn't there. He didn't race the race. Jaden did not show up. So mm-hmm. the race was really between Dustin. Daniel Swan and Dustin Drews, except that both of those guys did what you did when you introduced this segment, which was to forget about Lance Abshire. Because Lance yep. had won the week before, and even yeah. though he hadn't raced the first week, he was sitting on 10 points, only about four points behind Swan. That's true. And Dan thought the race was only between he and Dustin. Mm. And then it's, it's funny, I was talking to him about this on Saturday on the club ride. I said, look, man, did you guys forget about Lance? Because for a minute there, if he had caught up to... So what happened was you had you had Gavin and Elliot Peterson off the front, neither of them in contention for the yeah, overall. Yeah, and, and both of them from... From teams that were that were in, fighting, yeah. yeah so Gavin's on Dustin's team and Elliot's on Dan's team. So mm-hmm. they both are like, "You can go." So they let them go, and then what happened though was that Lance uh, broke out of the broke out of the chase group to try to chase down Gavin and Elliot. But they had a big gap by that. They point. did have a big gap by that point, but but. Dustin and and Swan, I don't think realized that if Lance had caught them yeah. and beat them and mm-hmm. won, uh, that he would have actually won yeah. the overall. He was saying because yeah, I mean, that, so it was really interesting to see some negative racing, um, <laughs> a lot of tactics and politics going on in that race. A lot of, yeah, it it was a lot of politics and it was fun. It was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, we had, like you said, we had people going off the front who usually don't go off the front in the one, two, three, four race. Uh, so I think that kind of made for a, a little more interesting evening. Um, and in the end, uh, Dan outspritz and Dustin, uh, and, and hangs on to his lead, uh, won, won the overall, but 
because of the position that Dustin finished in, whereas, they, you know, it, it would seem that those two were racing it out for first and second. But no, because of the position that, that Lance finished in and uh, because the Dustin ended up finishing off the podium. It was a tie. The tiebreaker yeah. rule was the 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 bet you won the tiebreaker by the, your position of that evening. So right. So Dustin ended up tied with his teammate Gavin, Gavin. who won that race. So mm-hmm. then Gavin. So Gavin finished third. Third overall. Podium. Yeah. Which meant so yeah. He's got that check and got them camp that camping gear. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting race on the lakefront. Uh, fun local stuff. Glad that we could provide uh, racers with those opportunities and uh, a, a, just a good environment. Uh, yeah. Town. Hey, yeah. real quick before we leave Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series, I want to give a shout out to last year's winner, Sam LeBlanc. Sam wasn't able to race the first two races this year. Wasn't in contention at all for the overall this year. Um, showed up to race the final race series. He was real excited about it. Just great to be out there. Thanked us, you know, for throwing the throwing the race again. Um, just a real class act. The next morning in my email inbox, so I have an email that Sam has copied me on that he sent to Bobby Johnson from Massey's, who of course provided all of these prizes for us both this year and last year. Sam had won a bike from. Uh, Massey's last year for for winning the overall and this was the email that 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 Sam sent to Bobby and I gotta say as a race promoter that works real hard to get these sponsors this was a class move one of the classiest moves um, that I can remember sends an email says Bobby my name is Sam LeBlanc and I'm a local bike racer I shop at your store from time to time but I also buy online I wanted to take some time to thank you for supporting the Pontchartrain Beach Summer Series and let you know that I will shop at your store whenever possible. I won the series last year and really enjoy the bike you donated. Thanks again, Sam LeBlanc. That's awesome move. Yep. Um, I was I was really excited to get that, and uh, I mean it's a genuine. I know that I know the thoughts are genuine, and but also just like hey, that's a good idea. Like. If you're a bike racer and you got some awesome swag, like send an email, just say thank you. Let let them know that like what the what let the sponsors know what you, what they have done has made a difference. Um, as other folks will say, support those who support the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and Massey's has been a big supporter. I mean, obviously, I would say go out and buy a Porsche. I know it's a little bigger of an ask, but maybe send an email to Porsche. Bjorn might do that. Yes. You yeah, know, tr- he drop on social media and say, hey, yeah. man, thanks for making my racing action come true. You know, uh, Urban South Racing, I mean, sorry, Urban South, you go to the store, you buy a six-pack of Urban South beer, mm-hmm. uh, post a little photo on the Instagram story, tag them in it, tell them thank you. I know they would appreciate it. Um, and this is, and, and I'm like thinking like, all right, I got to do that for the next race I go to. Like, yeah. and it's, it's, it's true. Like, man, like cycling is struggling sometimes. So we, you know, supporting those who mm. support us is, is an important thing to do. So Sam, thanks for an email. Bobby, you're very much appreciated. All our sponsors of our, uh, of our race, uh, very much appreciate y'all coming out and doing that. Speaking of race promoters and races, we've got one more big upcoming Lambert race. We've got the Crossroads Cycling Classic in Jackson Ridgeland or Jackson, uh, Flora, I guess. It's going to be the um, Saturday crit race in downtown Jackson. And then the Sunday Lambert Road Race Championships are going to be in Flora, Mississippi, not too far from Jackson. Bodie, you and I went up there last year for the crit fun racing in downtown jackson 
um, looks to be looks to be uh, this uh, the same or similar course this year, and uh, that is the second weekend of August. Yeah, the tenth and eleventh, something yeah. like that. So yeah, get up there and go do you some racing. Those guys at uh, this Velavit, uh, uh Club that puts that race on. Great production value, a lot of fun. They, yeah. they put a lot into it, and um, it's uh, it's a great atmosphere up there uh, for the uh, for that race. Yeah. So don't forget. So on Sunday is uh, the Lambra Road Championship. So you will be competing for jerseys and medals uh, via your category. Um, so it, and it's really kind of the end of the road season for us here in Lambra. There's nothing else on our Lambra calendar. Um, so this is kind of it, guys. Um, so go ahead and take advantage of that. Support those promoters. Uh, I think none of us will be around, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be out of town, as I, I described. Also be out of town. Uh, but my road season's over. Um, so yeah, and you know, the next thing coming up uh, is hashtag Cross is coming. Mm. So yeah, get I've been ready. Been, uh, working on uh, working on the schedule. We've talked about that. I think we put a decent little Lambert Cross schedule together. I had a long conversation the other day with Rolando Roman from the Mississippi Cyclocross Project. Uh, he's got a four race series up in Ridgeland. We've got a nine race series that's uh, wow. going to be promoted as the Lambra CX Cup uh, all across Louisiana and Mississippi. Couple races here in New Orleans. Um, Boss Cross is happening again this year. Not going to be sanctioned, but it'll be uh, a big event in early October. Um, it's not really cyclocross, but might as well throw it out there as something that's coming up that people should be paying attention to. We've got the Noma to Noma race around Lake Pontchartrain mm-hmm. uh, happening in late September. Uh, that Zach Thomas and Taylor Mills are putting on. That's on Facebook. Check that out. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, Cross is coming, and look for some big announcements on the Semi-Tough page and the and the Lambra, uh, the Lambra page about uh, race dates and start planning your fall. Well, Townsend, why don't you go ahead and sign us out because I think we're out of here. So I'm just going to sign off simply by saying, guys, it's, it's coming back. I'd lost it for a while, but this is the T-Bone Pinot. <laughs> signing off for the night well and uh i just want to you know give a big shout out to i'm i'm, I'm going to be posting on instagram a picture of me recording in the podcast studio with our nice. sponsors beer urban south uh holy roller and uh, what about you Bodie? i'm this is the Bodie Bodie saying i'm in for banal Bodie bernal 2020 look for us at a bike race near you uh once again if you have any questions comments or concerns you can email us at yeah ride at gmail.com or slide into our dms look out for that instagram story where we ask you is it the shovel of flanders <laughs> i really like that or the belgian bonanza that being wow's nickname um i think you're gonna vote for the shovel of flanders <laughs> i might just That's why it's good to have multiple Instagram accounts. All right. Good night, y'all.
shit beer all over my computer. 